God's so good, isn't he? And it, it's so good to be together. You know, we're brothers and sisters in the house of God this morning. We're family and it's wonderful. And as Pastor Jim said last week, we're looking at our culture values. And if you look at the words, there's some nice words there. And you see some of them in picture frames, hanging in walls, maybe photos of your family and it says unity or it might say celebration and it's like wedding photos and different things like that. But God wants those values to be more than words that hang in a wall because God wants those words to be our character. And as I say, it's, they're all nice words, they're positive words, but God wants us to allow him to develop those characteristics in our lives so that people who look at us won't define us by where we were brought up, by where we grew up, the family we were born into, the job that we do, but they'll be able to define us by our character. We're Christians. We take on the name Christ as Christians, that our, our values and the way we live will define us as the people of God. You see, God wants us to add action and intention to those values, that we'll be defined by them. Because he knows really, if we truly adopt those values, we'll be able to change the world. Because he knows that there's power in those words when we apply them in our lives and we live like them. We were never meant to be part of society that just fitted into the norm. Never. The people of God were to be different. And if we can really grasp those values and apply them in our lives and start to live them, and for them to become our character, then we can truly change our society, change our world. We can actually be like those people in Acts who revolutionised the world. We are here today because they embraced values that were godly values. And so this morning, I want to encourage you to embrace and be defined by our values. We're already defined by our character. People outside of our, I mean, well, even in our family, they've, they define us by the way we live, the way we act. So if we're the person causing all the trouble at work, that's what they define us as, a troublemaker. And we were never called to be troublemakers. We were called to be peacemakers. And so this morning I just want to share a bit about one of our values with you. But first we'll read from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 7. I knew I had the glasses for something. <laughs> just starting to read at verse 1, it says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each of us, grace has been given as God apportioned it. And we'll just finish there. So for the next few minutes... I want to share with you about unity. Now, that's not my easiest value. That's not the one I would have chose to speak on. And I actually thought I would just give a wee overview of them all, but Pastor did that last week, and God kept bringing me back to unity. 
because I, that's my hardest one, unity. And um, I think it is the most difficult culture value because I think if we actually go into a place where we're in unity, everything else falls into place. But as well as being the most difficult, I think it's the most important one. Because you see, we know what happened in Acts 2. Acts 2 is where they all came together in one place and they were in unity. And I think unity is important. And you might say, well, why do you think it's important? Because Jesus, it was important to Jesus. When Jesus was preparing to go to the cross to die for you and for me, he spent a lot of time praying to his Father. And here's what he prayed in John 17, verses 20 to 21. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that's us. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Unity was important to Jesus because Jesus knew how powerful unity was. It's the most powerful thing on earth. Love is powerful, but unity is where God commands a blessing. It says in Psalm 133, where brethren dwell together in unity, God commands the blessing. When we live in unity, the world around us will see our Father God. That's what Jesus says. He says, if we can just be, if they can be one with me and you, and if they can be one with each other, the world will see who I am, and they'll see that God, you sent me. And that's what our lives are all about. That's what being a Christian is about, that the world would see that God is alive, he's true, and he's got a plan and purpose. Our lives should be signposts for people to come to Christ. I can give a testimony on that because 40 years ago, oh, you know you're getting old when you can remember the things before 40 years ago easier than you can remember what you have to do tomorrow. But 40 years ago, I came to a Christian dinner with Claire Thompson. It was a big name, full gospel business and international dinner. And I came along and that night there was a preacher from America. He was a New York police department officer who had been almost killed in the line of duty. And through that experience, he came to faith in Christ and God changed his life. But that night, I met Claire's friends. And after that night, it wasn't this great testimony that this guy had, but Jesus changing his life and saving him, that impacted my life. It was what I would know now was the unity among those young people. And the next night, I was back in Hamilton doing what I always did on a Friday night, and I was in a nightclub. And God started to work in my heart and show me the contrast between the life that I had, that wasn't a terrible life, but it was the life that I had now, and the life that I could have in him. That's what unity does. Unity, we won't even need to speak. When we're living together in unity as one, people, we won't need to preach the gospel to people because people will see the gospel in our lives. Since Francis Assisi says something like, do everything you can to preach the gospel. And if you have to use words. You know, if we could really get into that place in God, we're at, we're at unity with him, unity with Jesus, unity with one another. We won't really need to have big evangelistic campaigns because people will see Jesus in us and they'll be drawn to him. Being one and being in unity doesn't mean that we're the same. 
because to be the same, that would just be uniformity. And uniformity is legalistic and hard to keep up with. But unity means it's a state of being joined together in agreement. That we, be, we don't become clones, although back in the day, we were a bit clonish. We wore dresses, we had our hair flicked, and there was a bit of uniformity. But unity is more than us just being the same. We're all different. God made us that way. God's a God. He's creative and he loves variety. And every single one of us are different. So unity doesn't mean that we all think alike and we all conform to do things the same way and to actually not be ourselves anymore because we all have to be like this. Unity is more than that. We're all individuals and we see things differently. But we can all be one if we choose to allow God to make us one. Being one means we accept each other no matter what. Being one means we're a family and we might not like each other sometimes, but we love each other. I grew up my family. I'm sometimes, growing up, I used to wish I had had a big family. Now I realise that really a family of three was fine. Like, and I had a brother and a sister and in our house, if, there was, if it wasn't my brother and sister fighting, it was me and my brother fighting. If it wasn't me and my brother, it was me and my sister. And I sometimes look back and think, my poor mum and dad must have thought they don't really like each other. But there was this bond that's called family. And it didn't matter that we fought all the time and annoyed each other. We loved each other. So women were outside if somebody was picking on my brother or somebody was picking on my sister or somebody was picking me. We all stood up for one another. We were in it together because we were family. That's what church is to be like. It's about us all standing up for one another thinking the best of one another, seeing the best in one another, encouraging one another. And yeah, there's things about me you'll not like. There's things about you I might not like, but I love you. And you have to love me because we have to love. That's what God says. You've got to love one another. He condensed the whole of the Ten Commandments in two. And it was, you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and you'll love your neighbour as yourself. And we need. A few years ago, we went to Cherish and they started this thing that was called a One Foundation. And there were 7,000 women and they said, if you can give a pound a month, give a pound a month. And what we can do with that is so much more than what you'll do with your pound. But the phrase she used when she was floating it was, we who are many are never more powerful when we are one. And as I was thinking about that, I thought the penny jars that Claire introduced a few years ago, pennies that used to lie at the bottom of your handbag and jingle, Pennies that lay in this windowsill because you took them out of your pocket and just sat them down. Pennies that you dropped in the pavement and you didn't pick up. And I think at the last count there was over £10,000 worth of pennies that we've been able to give. Because when we who are many, we who are many are never more powerful when we are one. That penny didn't have much value. But when all the pennies came together it was £10,000 and they had a bit more value. So unity is important. But how do we get unity? Ooh, how do we get it? You have to work hard at it. In your own house, you sometimes have to work hard at unity. And it's the same in church. It's a cliche we brought back for conference this year that it's simple, but it's not easy. And unity is simple, and it's not easy. It's simple, and it has great benefits, but it's not easy. It means we need to grow up and mature. We need to stop being offended 
and stop giving offence. Do you know, an old lady you know, a long time ago and brought us round the table one Sunday and said, it's as, it's as great a sin to, give, to take offence as it is to give offence. We need to stop being offended. We're family. And we need to learn to love one another like a family. We need to allow God's love to be shed abroad in our hearts. And as I said earlier, we don't have to like each other, but we have to love each other. But Paul tells us in Ephesians 4 how to get unity. He says, become, whole, become humble. You know, not fake humility. I actually read this week that fake humility is when we draw attention onto ourselves. That's fake. True humility is when we look at other people and we think they're better than us. We esteem them better than ourselves. Philippians 2, sorry, 3 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. That's true humility. We have to drop our ego. We need to start seeing everybody else differently. We need to see them as the people that God made. And that's not just in church. That's that pain in the neck that you have to go to work beside who really annoys you. Because you know God made us. And Psalm 139 says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made because we're made in God's images. But so is everybody outside this church. So the neighbour who lets a dog come into your garden to dirty and dig up your plants, they're fearfully and wonderfully made. And we need to start to see people differently. We need to see them as God sees them. Jesus died for every single living being in the world, not just you and me. And we need to be the family of God. But in the family of God, we need to start being gentle with one another. We need to start bearing one another's burdens. I said before, in my family, we were always fighting. It was terrible. You look back, I can't believe that we love one another now. But we need to work hard at it. We need to get to that place of unity. And when we get to that place of unity we need to keep unity and if you thought getting to the place of unity was hard keeping unity is even harder if we want to experience this unity that causes God to command his blessing then we need to work hard to get it and when we get it we need to work hard to keep it we need to keep peace we're not meant to be breachers of the peace we're meant to guard it we need to fight for unity and that takes courage. It takes boldness. It takes us being responsible for one another. I'm responsible for you and you're responsible for me. So when I'm not, when I'm doing stuff that's going to break the unity, you need to confront me. You need to be bold enough to come and say to me, you're out of order, you're wrong. Over the last few weeks, my husband sometimes says to me that a lot of the time I say what's right, but the way I say it makes it wrong. And there's times that's really annoyed me. <laughs> but God's been dealing with me over the last maybe few weeks about that. And, and he says to me, your problem, Cathy, is you're passionate, but you get frustrated. And you fail to differentiate your passion from your frustration. So I need to learn to curtail my frustration, but don't lose my passion. But that takes us all. It takes us all confronting one another. If I do something that offends you, don't go away hurt and talk to everybody else about it. And before we know it, there's a big chasm of division. Go to one another and speak and love and put it right. 
when I was a young Christian, all the years ago, 40 years ago, we used to do two services on a Sunday. This morning was the holiness service, and then there was a wilder service at night. We weren't any less holy at night, but the holiness service was quiet, and we always came round the table. And one week, somebody was leading us round the table, and he said, if you've got all against your brother or your sister, you need to go to them and put it right before we take bread. Now, I had been saved maybe four weeks, five weeks. This was all really new to me. And a girl came and sat next to me and said that she'd been harboring this thing against me. Um, and she wanted to apologise. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? But you know, now when I look back, at that time I thought she was weird. But I actually look back now and I see she had humility. Humility. That was humility to come and say to me. She hardly knew me, really. She only knew me as Claire's friend. But she came and she spoke to me. And that's humility. Humility is, is going to one another when we're feeling wronged and putting it right and confronting it. Confronting it. Because we need to fight for unity. The Bible talks about people that will come into church and they'll look like sheep but they're wolves in sheep's clothing. They come in to divide. They come in to cause division and break the unity. And we need to be on our guard for that. We need to recognise it. And it's important for us to confront one another. Jesus is the greatest example for any of your lives. How humble that the king of kings would humble himself and take on the form of a man. With all our weaknesses, it blows me away. But he did it. And unity comes when we lay aside our ego and become like servants, serving one another. Jesus bent down and washed the disciples' feet. How humbling was that for the disciples? That the King of Kings, their Saviour, would bow down and wash their feet. Unity is precious. It's simple, but it's definitely no easy. But God this morning is speaking to us to say, you know, Things that are worth much, they don't come easy. Nothing, things in life don't come easy. You have to work hard for them. And God's saying it's time to work hard. It's time to mature. It's time, it's time to work hard for unity. It's so easy to take offence. I remember, I don't have one with me, but a pen, a simple pen can cause offence. A pen. A pen's a useful thing, but it can cause offence. And I remember in a life group, you know what it's like. People come with their notebook, but they don't have their pen. Or they come with their pen and they don't have a bit of paper. And somebody was looking for a pen. And another person passed them a pen. And it was one of these pens that's advertising something. And there was an off-the-cuff remark. And one of the people didn't come to church for a few weeks. And I messaged her and I said, so how are you? Is everything okay? And she went, no, it's not. But I really can't speak about it just now. And I said, oh, okay then. I said, but when you're ready to speak about it, contact me. And 
another three or four weeks, she contacted me. And she hadn't been to church because somebody threw an off-the-cuff remark about a pain and she took offence and she took herself out of fellowship. And she allowed that then to burn in her heart. And I know the person who'd made the cuff remark and I know that that person would never, ever do anything to hurt somebody. In fact, they'd probably go over, go over the top in encouraging people. But that is how easy it is for unity to break over something as simple as a pain. So we need to be aware of other people. We need to look at everybody as if, do you know, you're much better than me. You are. No matter. No matter if you're one of the wee kids going out to school, no matter whether you're 99, no matter where you come from, unity is us being one in agreement. And you know the glue for unity is love. We're commanded to love one another and let our love be evident. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Do you know, it's hard work. And we all love our quiet times with God, don't we? And we all love to put on our favourite music and just feel his presence encouraging us and lifting us up. Or maybe no so keen to hear him when he's telling us this is quite offensive in you and you need to deal with it. But we need to get real, people. We need to get real. The world we live in it's not the world I grew up in. It's not the, it's not the world that I grew up in and the world when I came to know Jesus 40 years ago. But the world is looking for something different than the normal in society. And you know, don't hear me wrong here this morning, there is a lot of goodness in society. There are a lot of good people doing good things. But we need God. Our goodness needs to be the goodness of God. The goodness of God we experience for God but it's not just for us to experience, it's for us to let the goodness of God out. It's great, there's so many good things and there's so many good, generous, excellent people out there. But they're waiting for Jesus to be revealed. Some of them don't believe in God, but they're waiting for something. They're waiting for somebody to come and be the saviour. And God's calling the church to get our character right, to grow up, to mature that we can lead them to Jesus. I came to Jesus because I actually saw unity in people. That's what I saw. I didn't actually see Jesus, but I knew there was something in that group of maybe a dozen young people at a table having dinner for the group of a dozen people I was out with that I'd spent, I go out with every week. But there was a difference, and that difference was Jesus. And we need brothers and sisters to embrace unity. Jesus understood the power that was in unity. We've got the power to transform the world. We can complain about all the things we see in the news and all the things that are no right in our society, but we actually have the power to do that, to change it. And all it takes is for us to embrace unity, to love one another, to see people not 
to not define them by their behaviours and their actions, but to define them by their character. But we need to work in our character. Character is important. Pastor Jim says God's interested in character. If we are taking on the mantle of Christ, if, if we believe that Christ is living in us and we're being changed every day in his likeness, then we have to be able to show unity. We have to show generosity, honour, excellence, celebration. God is calling us today to take that step and say, God, search my heart. Is there any offence in me? I'm going to let it go. So can we just all stand for a minute, please? Thank you. It's maybe not been the most uplifting of words, but you know, it can be life-changing. Life-changing for you, life-changing for me, life-changing for those that we have around us. So let's just take a few minutes and just wait before God and ask him to search us and know us. Test and know my anxious thoughts. What are you anxious about this morning? Is there something in your life that's not right? Is there something that's causing a disunity between you and somebody else? Let's just let it go this morning in the presence of God. Amen. Thank you. Love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't envy and it doesn't boast. It's not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered and it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with truth. Always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Father God, this morning I thank you that your love never fails. And Lord, you have shred, shed that love abroad in our hearts. And I pray, God, that you would help us, Father God, to keep in unity with one another. Keep in unity with you, Father. Lord, make us one as Jesus prayed and asked, Lord, that the world that we live in might be changed and made a better place. Father God, we love you and we thank you. Thank you that you love us, Lord, that you died for us, Lord, that Lord, you accept us with all our faults, all our feelings, Lord. Help us to accept one another and to love one another in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.